The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving $2 million away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet! Marjorie's Beef Jerky! Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, August 17th. I'm Donald Ware. 11 days remain until the beginning of the HBCU football season. Hope you enjoyed yesterday's podcast where I gave my top five players to watch. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, if you agree, disagree, whatever the case may be, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account at Dware one at Dware one on today's program. Uh, going to do something a little bit different. Going to talk with Alabama A&M offensive coordinator Dwayne Taylor on the program. We talked a lot about Aquil Glass. As a matter of fact, I have him as my number one ranked player to watch. Uh, he's go- he's trying to make a name for himself. He's already made a name for himself, I think. Uh, obviously at the FCS level, uh, more throughout college football as a whole, but also to take it to that next level to possibly be able to play on Sundays as well. So we'll talk with Dwayne Taylor. Again, another reminder about the Box to Row countdown to kickoff. It's taking place this Saturday. If you're in Raleigh, if you're in Durham, if you're in the Triangle, Holly Springs, Cary, Fuquay, Verena, anywhere in the area, perhaps not far, Greensboro, uh, right, Fayetteville, right, come on out to the HBCU, uh, of course, our countdown to kickoff where we'll have as guests Sam Washington, the head football coach at North Carolina A&T, Adrian Jones, the head coach at Shaw, we'll also have Trey Oliver, the head coach at North Carolina Central, we'll have Livingstone's head football coach Sean Gilbert and we'll have Winston-Salem State head football coach Robert Massey all going to be in the building Uh, via Zoom we'll have St. Augustine's head football coach David Bowser as well as on the line Johnson C. Smith head football coach 
Kermit Blunt. Should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, if you're in that area, you'll come on out. You'll support. You'll, you will wear your fan gear. If not, you'll be able to watch uh, the program on our website at BoxToRow.com. Let's continue here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast as the Alabama A&M Bulldogs winning their first ever HBCU National Championship and got the victory in the SWAC Championship game over Arkansas Pine Bluff 42-33, voted the top 10 in both the HBCU coaches and media polls to end the 2021 spring football season. And on the line, we have the offensive coordinator, for Alabama and as a matter of fact, he's been the offensive coordinator the last three years. Prior to that, he was at Hampton for a couple of years. Prior to that, at Winston-Salem State. Prior to that, at Fayetteville State. As a matter of fact, played football at Fayetteville State. A graduate of Fayetteville State. He's Dwayne Taylor, again, the offensive coordinator at Alabama A&M, joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Dwayne, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thank you for having me, man. I'm blessed. Absolutely. How are you? Doing great. I mean, what a victory um, for your for your team, uh, forty to thirty three. A hard fought football game, hard fought victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Both teams to deserve to be there. Both teams deserve to win. You and your team won. Your thoughts on winning uh, that SWAC championship and ultimately being named HBCU national champions? Well, yes, sir. Um, they were a great team. You know, a lot of people. Uh, you know saw the things that we did offensively and I had to remind people, Hey, they were undefeated as well. So they came in, they presented a different set of challenges. Uh, we knew they would, they had three good receivers as we did. Uh, they had a really good quarterback, uh, defense played fast, played hard. So, uh, we just persevered, man. Like we've been doing all spring, uh, had a little adversity. So we were excited about it. Uh, and when we came in, we came in with a message that that we were going to be champions in three years. And, uh, our guys bought into the message, and we just excited to be able to bring a championship back to the hill. And this will be our first HBCU national championship. Uh, you know, we get a lot of grief because we only played four games. But Ohio State played four games, too, and played a national championship. So we don't feel any different than those guys. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to play the, the games that are in front of you, right? You guys did. You guys won the games that were in front of you. You can't help it if other teams. It wasn't right. like the COVID situation and – your team had a COVID problem. Every other team had a COVID problem. You know, you got to play the games that you that you play, and you did that. And I mean, you you arguably have the most talented team, particularly from an offensive standpoint. And that's sort of where I, I want to begin. But even before that, uh, where was the turning point? Like this was sort of a nip and tuck affair. Then Arkansas Pine Bluff goes up by eight points with an opportunity to go up by more. Where, where did where did this game turn back in your favor? Well, uh, it turned back in our favor at halftime. Uh, we, we pride ourselves on uh, being some of the best coaches who make halftime adjustments. Uh, in the second quarter, their defensive coordinator did a great job, and he made some adjustments and started going to cover two man. And, uh, you know, the number one player against cover two man is quarterback draw. So what we did at halftime, we went and talked about it. No one panicked. Uh, they were playing a little harder than we were in the first half. So in the second half, uh, we just told the Quill, hey, they're going to force you to beat them with their le- with your legs. So at halftime, our defense came out and got a stop. Uh, we scored. Uh, then our defense got another stop, and we scored again to take the lead. 
and Aquil just made some big runs on third down, uh, and along with Gary Coles in the third quarter, made some big runs and got us back in position to be where we wanted to be. Uh, they were trying to take our wide receivers away, you know, doubling our guys on the outside. And um, we told the tight ends as well at halftime, uh, this is your half. Uh, you're going to have to beat the linebacker one-on-one, and they, they were able to do that. So we made some adjustments throwing the ball to the tight end. And uh, our quarterback ended up winning the game with his legs along with Gary Cole. So that was the biggest adjustment that we made. Uh, we just had to take what they was giving us, and they was giving us the quarterback run game. Yeah, Quill Glass, very special. Talk, talk about him because, you know, coming into this season was was ranked one of the top 25 quarterbacks in the country. And, I mean, he's got the size. I mean, he just gets it done. Like, I mean, if you look at the Jackson State game, I mean, I you know, he was absolutely phenomenal against Jackson State and quite good uh, in this football. Or well, I don't know. He, he was he was good, but probably not up to his standards in the victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Right. Uh, the standard is the standard. Uh, we've been telling the Quill for the last uh, since we got here actually for three years that he had all the tools. Um, one thing we had to build was his confidence in himself and in his teammates. We had to get some great players around him where he could showcase his talents. And once he started to have what we call a Maynard mindset or, you know, a mindset like myself, uh, where he's confident, he believes that he's supposed to make that throw. He's, he believes that he's supposed to be a champion. Um, because coming in, he had all the records. Every time he throws the football, it's a new school record. Um, and we have a quarterback competition every week, every Friday. Uh, and, you know, he does a good job. But he's yet to beat uh, myself or Coach Maynard in the quarterback competition. And we always joke with him, if you want to be great, you have to do what we've done. Coach Maynard was able to win two championships as a player at North Carolina A&T, one championship at Winston-Salem State, and I was able to win uh, two championships at Fayetteville State. So, you know, while he has the yards, he was yet to be a champion. So that's what we wanted for him. And, you know, it started with his leadership and getting those guys out there in the summer, throwing the ball around and making sure nobody's missing weight. And just holding other people accountable, and he did that all year. Um, every time he, you know, had an opportunity to get out there and throw and, and help the wide receivers get better and understood what he wanted from them, we kind of like backed away this year and let him take leadership of that. You know, our first year, we had to make everybody go. The second year, we started slow down. This year, we said, "Hey, we're gonna take the rings off. You're gonna, you're gonna organize everything. You're gonna get everything done." And he did that, and. Uh, he went out there, man. He's a great player to coach. Dwayne great guy Taylor. to have on your team. Yeah, no question about it. Dwayne Taylor is the offensive coordinator at Alabama A&M. Joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Of course, Alabama A&M winning the SWAC championship 40-33. to uh, First SWAC championship since 2006. Ultimately, the HBCU national championship uh, first time ever. How much does it ha- help a glass you know, to have the weapons that he has in a more in an Ibrahim. I mean, you got other guys, but, I mean, specifically those two guys. Well, it definitely helps. Uh, you know, you know, while I am the offensive coordinator, I coach the wide receivers as well. So I try to teach my wide receivers from a quarterback standpoint of where they need to be, you know, when the quarterback's taking his drop. You know, you have to be on time. So our job at wide receivers is to take the average quarterback and make them good, take a good quarterback and make them great. So, you know, putting great guys around him, uh, it, it definitely helps. You know, I played quarterback. Uh, I was able to be a four-year starter. 
but I also knew that I was only as good as the people around me. You know, um, quarterbacks get all the credit, uh, you know, when you win. But you got to take all the blame when you lose as well. So it's only two guys that get wins and losses. That's the head coach and the quarterback. So you have to make sure that you put the right people around the quarterback. Um, Abdul is one of those guys that he walked on. He's a true walk-on. He came in with the right attitude, right mentality. Um, and he just wants to play. He wants to be great. And um, it's not hard to coach guys that want to be great. You know, that's one of the things that we do. We try to coach confidence. Uh, you know, we coach the player, but we want you to be confident. You have to believe in yourself. So um, after we got Q to believe in himself as a player, we worked on our wide receivers, making sure they were confident, making sure they believed that that 50-50 ball is more like an 85-15 ball. And once we got everybody on that type of mindset, uh, we were able to do what we need to do this year. Yeah, so let's let's sort of go through again. Offense, I, I, in, in looking at this, if I have this correct, and let me know if, if not. So first year as an offensive coordinator, 2016 at Fayetteville State, a year at Hampton, now three at Alabama A&M. How mm-hmm. are you growing as an offensive coordinator in, in collegiate football? Well, I, I, I always thank Coach Richard Hayes at uh, Fayetteville State. He gave me my first opportunity to be an offensive coordinator on a college level. Uh, my first three games, I probably was the worst coordinator in the country. Uh, that's how I look at it. Uh, we scored 12 points my first game, scored three the second game, and we scored 14 my third game. And uh, the reason why that was, coming from Winston-Salem State, we had a lot of talent. And uh, Coach Maynard made it look real easy at that time. And, I, you know, I figured that, hey, I can score seven points a quarter and maybe score 14 in one quarter. That's 35 points. Well, it's not that simple. Um and what I had to learn is to play to my strengths and the other team's weaknesses uh, and play to the strength of my players. So once I figured that out midway through the uh, year at Fayetteville State, uh, where we had a young man, Stevie Green, end up being, you know, freshman of the year that year, I figured out what my team needed and what I needed to give to my team. So when I was able to go back to Hampton, I had a better understanding of who I was. And uh, I've always been confident in my ability as a coach and as a player but I had to learn how to bring that out of my guys. So when we got here at Alabama A&M, it was all about instilling that confidence. We're supposed to be great. You're supposed to win. That's what we do. So when we make a great catch, don't get excited. That's what we do. Uh, when you make a great throw, that's what we do. You know, you're supposed to make that block. So once we got them to the point of their expectations exceeded what they used to be, we knew we had something special. And that all started from myself and Coach Maynard believing in myself. I believe that I'm one of the best coaches in the country. Um, if I don't believe it, no one else will. So, you know, self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. I always tell my guys that uh, if you don't believe in you, why should I? So as a coach, I, I definitely believe in myself. I believe in my ability to call plays. And I believe in my ability to make adjustments. And I know that I have a great staff behind me that believes in themselves as well. So once we install that confidence, in our guys, uh, the rest of it was easy. Now it's, uh, now it's about teaching them not how to be overconfident. So it's easy from that standpoint. Yeah, no, it's interesting you mentioned Stevie Green. I mean, probably more one of the more – you're talking about HBCU football. I mean, that guy in four years, probably maybe the most underrated running back. I mean, he was just absolutely phenomenal at Fayetteville State, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, to have a guy like right. that on your team, I mean, that, that, that really does help. 
for you, it's interesting because you you mentioned Coach Maynard, and really, you know, when you really look at it, I mean, maybe less a year at, you know, when you were the offensive coordinator at Fayetteville State in 2016. I mean, you've been with Coach Maynard pretty much throughout your career. Uh, he was, if I'm not mistaken, your OC when you were the, the quarterback uh, at, during your playing days at Fayetteville State. So how much, you know, talk about what he's meant to you. Oh, he's meant everything. Uh, he was actually my quarterback coach at Fayetteville State. Uh, he was still playing arena ball at the time. Uh, John Etter was my offensive coordinator. But me and Coach Maynard hit it off. Uh, actually, the first day we met each other, we were about to play Benedict College, and uh, it was another guy that was supposed to be projected starter, and I ended up beating him out. And so when Coach Maynard met me, um, he was, you know, he walked right by me. <laughs> Didn't even know who I was. And uh, I knew Coach Maynard because I saw him play at North Carolina A&T, uh, being from Greensboro. And uh, he came back like, hey, man, you, you, you're supposed to be starting quarterback? I, and, <laughs> and I told him, hey, are you supposed to be the quarterback coach? And we just laughed <laughs> uh, because <laughs> – Right, because he looked at me. You know, I was uh, at the time I was five ten, about one sixty five, and Coach Maynard's not that big himself. But I've always had the belief that I was six six, two twenty five, and uh, that's the same way he played the game. So we had the same temperament. So from that point on, you know, he just had to teach me how to play the game the way they they needed me to play the game, and we've been like a perfect marriage ever since. Uh, so in two thousand ten. When he got the Winston State job, I was coaching at Hope County High School in Rayford, North Carolina, and um, he just asked me, you know, DT, what you want to do? And I said, Coach, I'm with you. You know, he took good care of me in college. He always believed in me. Um, I was like, you know, the son that he never had. So um, he's always been good to me. We've always been good to each other. And um, when I left Hampton to go to Fayetteville State to take the opportunity, you know, they struggled a little bit, and I struggled um, because – I really believe that we didn't have each other at that time. Uh, it was so much more that I needed to learn from him, but I think it's so much more that he needed to get from me. You know, uh, I'm like his muscle, you know, so he's very confident and we see the Rick Flair and all that stuff, but I'm the muscle behind that confidence. You know, I'm, I'm the engine that drives that in a sense. So um, he's always been great to me. He taught me a lot about the game. He taught me how to call a game. Uh, what to look for, what what to stay away from, how to use timeouts, you know, how to be a head coach in a sense. So I'm very appreciative of him. He's always been there for me for the last 20, 21 years. So he's a great guy, man. Yeah. I mean, so what, what I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, I'm, I, I get it. You're happy at Alabama A&M offensive coordinator. You guys just won the SWAC. You just won the HBCU national championship. I mean, when you look at, coaching i mean I'm, I'm i'm assuming ultimately your goal is to be a head coach at some point correct oh without a doubt uh, you know coach man and myself we've had those conversations for the last four years now uh, i'm just waiting on my opportunity i'm gonna be ready when my opportunity presents itself it's just going to take someone to take a chance on me um and you know with the new wave of uh trying to hire guys that are former pros and stuff like that it, it, it may be a little more difficult but you know, it was great that people got to see us on TV and uh, see the things that we do. We do have our guys prepared. Uh, we teach them how to be men on and off the field. Uh, we teach them how to play the game the right way. So, you know, when my opportunity presents itself, I'm going to be ready. Uh, Coach Maynard and myself, we always joke about, uh, you know, Nick Saban, he always beats all his disciples. 
you know, and uh, Coach Main and myself. And I always tell him, Coach, when I play against you now, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm still going to love you, and we're going to go out to dinner and everything afterwards. But uh, I'm going out there to uh, beat your head in, so to speak. And so we go back and forth about that. But, of course, I'm, I'm looking forward to that moment. Uh, I'll be ready when my number's called. But until then, I want to make Alabama A&M uh, one of the top universities that play football, period. Not just in the SWAC, but in the country. You know, I want to continue with a quill glass and these other guys to build a brand of when you think about Alabama A&M, you think about their offense and you think about winning championships and you think about great wide receiver quarterback play. So, you know, when that number gets called, I'll be ready until then. I'm going I'm to be the best I can here. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and going back to something you said, you mentioned quarterback competition and uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Conhill Mater was a great quarterback. See how double A. I mean, who wins those battles, though? But when you, I mean, I know you mentioned Glass, but when you and he get out, like he's got some years on you. I know you. I mean, I know you're not letting him beat. You got some years on you now. Oh, yeah, he definitely has some years on me. Uh, it just depends on how bad I want to keep my job that week. Uh, you, know, you know, sometimes I want to keep my job, so I let him win every now and then. But, uh, you know, I have to say I, want, I win more than I lose, uh, you know, so – Again, he's a great athlete. I tell anybody I've ever met, uh, he may not be the best quarterback I've ever been around. He may not be the best basketball players I've ever been around. But as far as a man that can play every sport, scratch golfer, basketball, baseball, you know, football, this guy can do it all. So, you know, we, we get out there and we have fun. But, you know, I win more than I lose. But I'm I'm super competitive but I know how to dial it down. You know, when I see him get that look in his eyes, I ain't going to lose my job because I want to be coach on a on a Friday football throwing contest. <laughs> I, yeah, so, I, I'm sure he's told you that, or shared with you the Jim Brown story in the golfing deal, right? In, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah he, uh, he, he has a story for everything. You know, he, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, he talked about when he was on any given Sunday and all those guys he had to beat out. You know, he's, he's definitely competitive, man. Uh, he doesn't care who it is. Uh, he actually played golf with Nick Saban. And, you know, DT, I beat Nick Saban head in. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's just the type of guy he is, and that's the type of guy I am. So uh, we love competing against each other. Everything we do, we compete. Uh, we we compete who's going to get to the cafeteria first. We're both getting a golf cart at the same time. And the winner, the first person to get to the cafeteria gets to – get in line first, or so on and so forth. So everything we do is a, a friendly, healthy competition, and um, I'm just proud to say that uh, I'm able to work with them. Yeah. Last last thought, and we appreciate the time again. Dwayne Taylor is the offensive coordinator at Alabama A&M. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. What do you remember? I mean, you, you did talk about – you talked about, uh, you know, your time with Coach Maynard at Fayetteville State as a player, but what do you remember most uh, being at Fayetteville State and winning – those couple of CIAA championships, and then even more specifically with Kenny, the now late Kenny Phillips, who was your head coach? Well, I, I just remember coming in and um, getting an opportunity to compete. Uh, when I came in, I was the smallest quarterback we had. I probably was one of the slowest quarterbacks we had. Uh, I feel like I was one of the smartest guys we had. So I, when I came in, I was like six or seven from the depth chart, but uh, they told me, you know, if you compete, you learn the offense, we're going to give you an opportunity to play. So I got an opportunity to start as a true freshman. Um, and, you know, from there I continued to play, and we continued to get better. 
um, I just remember that, you know, you have to sacrifice to win championships. And in 2002, we won our first championship in school history. Uh, when we came back from Winston-Salem State, the gym was packed with alumni and uh, people crying. And, you know, it was all kind of stuff. It was a great time. But, you know, as players, we were we thought in our mind that's what we were supposed to do. Um, so that's the same message that Aquil Glass and the guys have here. Like, you know, everybody's excited, but now we've got these young men to a point of, hey, that's what we were supposed to do. Um, as far as Kenny Phillips, you know, I just remember you know, a good guy, stern guy, but he was very fair, you know, and <laughs> that's what he would always tell us. You know, it's hard, but it's fair. So he was a very, very fair guy, gave us an opportunity to live out a dream. Uh, it wasn't too many guys that were willing to take a chance on a, a 5'10", 145-pound quarterback at the time. But he told me, you know, if you come out here and do the things that you need to do, he'll always give me an opportunity to compete. So I, I always, every time I saw him, I was thankful for it. And um, like I said, uh, I got the opportunity to work with him before he passed away in 2014. And I realized that, hey, man, this guy got a bit of a personality. Like he was a cool guy to be around. You know, I had to call my teammates and tell them, man, you'll never believe that who I'm out with. I'm out here talking to Coach Phillips, and he's like, no way. <laughs> so, you know, as a player, you know, as a player, we, we thought he hated us, man, uh, because he was just trying to push us, push us to greatness. You know, he was trying to push us to a point that we have never been to as a university. So, you know, I learned so much from that guy. You know, I, I like to think that I'm a thief of other people's good habits. So that was one of his good habits of pushing us to a point that made us great. So that's the same thing that I try to do in my coaching is try to push my point players to a point of greatness. You know, they might not see it today, but now you're reaping the benefits of your rewards by winning championships and graduating and going on to be great leaders and great coaches and great fathers. And then they call me 10 years from now and say, hey, coach, man, I remember when we did this or we did that. And you're like, wow, I, I, I did what I set out to accomplish. So, that's what I remember about my days at Fayetteville State, uh, pushing me to greatness. Uh, Coach Maynard being a charismatic guy then. Uh, I got to see him play arena football then. He was doing a Ric Flair in 2000. So <laughs> him doing it in 2021 is no different. So that's just the type of guy he is, man. So I love him, man, and I love all my coaches I played for. Gang, Dwayne Taylor is the offensive coordinator at Alabama A&M. He joins us here on the HBCU football daily podcast uh Dwayne this is a lot of fun man I really appreciate it continue success to you and the Bulldogs uh thank you so much thank you for having me uh it was a blessing uh and I look forward to doing it again again Dwayne Taylor the offensive coordinator at Alabama A&M that's gonna wrap it up for today's HBCU football daily podcast again Monday through Friday you can check the podcast out right here we're looking forward to doing this from now until the end of the HBCU football season towards the latter part of December. Any questions, comments, etc., hit me up on my personal Twitter account at DWare1 at DWare1, or you can reach us Hold at Row on Twitter, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Talk with on. you tomorrow.